You're listening to Systemic, a podcast about race. I'm Dan Kimbrough, your host, a content creator, educator, diversity and inclusion advocate, and father. Each episode, we will explore a new aspect of race and racism in America. The aim to educate and explain the intertwining of race as a systemic part of American culture. We hope each episode enlightens and drives you to work towards an anti-racist future. So it seems that America is slowly waking up to the fact that some of the images, the stories, the toys, the things that they hold dear from their childhood just might be problematic. And people are crying out, how dare you come for our precious memories? Coming after my childhood, the things that I grew up on, how dare you? No matter how racist, sexist, homophobic, or exclusionary they may be, how dare you pick apart my past? becoming more personal now and the thing is this is part of the problem right america has this long history of using racist images and derogatory images for black americans and other groups as well um and it's woven into the fabric of the country so much so that it comes out in the artwork whether that artwork is cartoons whether it's theater whether it's movies television advertising print newspaper it's tied to america And this sort of notion of who we were at one point, because it was acceptable then. And I'll get back to that. Um, And so early Americana artwork is full of these images. You'll see photo, not photos. You'll see uh, artwork of, you know, the bold black man with the pitch black skin, bright white eyes and these humongous red lips that are just painted candy apple red. Sometimes they may be white. Um, but it's usually like that bright candy apple red and black women got the same treatment. You'd see the large, overweight, portly, docile Mamie figure or the very shapely Jezebel figure. Um, but still pitch black, bright white eyes and big red lips. And I know you've seen the images, you know, they were turned into ashtrays they were turned into lamps and other sort of porcelain artwork, lawn jockeys uh, at one point in time. And you can probably still find these things if you look up Americana on uh, eBay, which speaks to something, right? This is part of Americana. And so this is woven into American history and it is problematic. And we can go back and look even before we had print and other forms of media, look at the early minstrel shows. You would have white men dress as these horrible images. This is where blackface comes from. You'd be dressed. You'd have them paint their face all black and they'd put white around their eyes and their eyes stood out and they'd put these humongous red lips on to portray this image of what black people were. And early on black people weren't allowed to even act in these roles. So you had white men dressed up as these characters. Well, when black men were allowed to actually act in these roles, because these were the only roles available, they made them wear blackface as well. So you weren't black enough because we want the image of black people to be this pitch black character, these large red cartoonish lips, these bright bug eyes, That's the image we want of black men. And so when you start looking at this artwork, whether it's in cartoons and and Disney's, uh, you know, and Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers, all those groups, they're all guilty of it. 
you'd see these images pop up. And, you know, this is this notion that that's where we are with Dr. Seuss. And I'll get to the Dr. Seuss example specifically, but we need to understand the larger context. Um, and people are arguing that, well, Dr. Seuss didn't make me racist. You know, reading those books were tied to my childhood and I'm not a racist. And we've discussed the idea that you can not be a racist and still take part in a racist society. And so we'll move on from that aspect. But this notion that children's books and images can't teach racism is actually asinine. We literally learn from images as children. And at a young age, those images actually help shape our understanding of the world and those around us. And so if as children, we are consistently bombarded with these negative images, and yes, your parents and school may not think they're negative, but they are negative images. The artist knew what they were drawing. The publisher knew what they were publishing, and they are these negative images. And so if that's what you're seeing very early on in life, that helps to color the world you live in. And if we go back in time, let us not forget up until the sixties, segregation was a real thing. Schools weren't integrated. Neighborhoods weren't integrated. And so if you grew up reading some of this material or watching these cartoons, that may have actually been the only exposure you had to a black person. Now, maybe you had a black housekeeper, or maybe there was a black delivery person, or if you were use the trains, there may have been a black porter you had seen. But realistically, those aren't people you know. Those are people you come in contact with. You have more affinity to characters in television shows than you do to people you see on a regular basis just out and about. And so these characters, again, what people are arguing about, right? These books and these characters, they have woven their way into the tapestry of these people's of people's lives. And so again, this notion that these books, these, these images aren't harmful. They don't matter. They're not teaching us anything. They're just cute little books. No, they, they really are teaching us these things. All of this is to say that racist imagery has been around a long time in this country. And so we have to check those images today. We have to make sure that we're not going to repeat those things. So yes, your beloved childhood memories are full of racist images. And the thing is that regardless of the intent, whether the author really wasn't trying to do harm or whether they were, they were racist images. And you have to understand that. They were racist images and they still are. Society didn't change. Society is just holding them accountable. Um, and here's a great example. Look up the book, Little Black Sambo. The book come, came out, I believe, in 1888, late 1800s. Um, and the author felt that she had done this great thing because the hero in the book, the heroes in the book were black and that the images and the way she drew them were less stereotypical and less um, uh, derogatory than other images of black people at the time. And so she thought she had done this great thing. And as Langston Hughes goes on to describe it later on, that all she did was draw Piccaninny style images. Plus the majority of the characters' names were actual racial slurs. So she may have elevated the bar slightly, but the work was still racist. And so the, over time, that book has sort of been re-illustrated, redrawn, because so many people are tied to the story. And it's like, 
you're tied to a story that's racist. The imagery is racist and the wording is racist. You have to learn to let that go. And again, it was racist then and it's still racist now. And the argument of, well, it was acceptable then, or that's the way society was, it holds no weight. Racist is racist. And if we can't hold the past accountable, these things will continue to manifest and repeat throughout history. Um, And I say accountable because people like to call it cancel culture. And it's not. It's accountability. Every time you want to yell, cancel culture did this, replace it with accountability. Accountability did this because there was something that was wrong. And someone held them accountable. And that's the only way we make progress. No one's canceling anything. We're asking for accountability. That's real change, real transactional change, right? Not a think tank, not a discussion, not a tweet thread, actual change to happen. So now let's focus on Dr. Seuss. The images that were removed, the the books that were pulled because of these images, there were six books out of a library of what, 55, 60 books. These weren't even the most popular ones. So it's not like these were the books that are the big sellers that everyone's tied to. Yes, there are people who read these six books. They may be tied to them, but it doesn't matter. They were still racist images. So your, your, your favorite Dr. Seuss book is a book that has racism in it. You need to accept that. But here's the thing. This wasn't cancel cancel culture or even outside accountability. This was the this was Seuss Enterprises on their own. They looked at the catalog. They looked at their intellectual property and said, you know what? This is bad. We should probably stop publishing these. And they did. And that in and of itself is a humongous step forward. They on their own looked at their IP and said, we should stop publishing this. That's the kind of progress we need in this country. We need to get to a point where companies and corporations can police themselves. And it doesn't take an outside group protesting and and causing a stink and holding people accountable. That shouldn't have to happen for you to take a stop and just look and go, well, this is what we've done. This isn't good. That's not good either. We should probably correct these things. And so they did. And all they did was stop publishing the books. They did not ban them. They did not pull them. They just stopped publishing. So after 2021, there will be no more new versions of these books. The old ones are still in circulation. You can still find them. Apparently, they're doing extremely well on eBay right now because, you know, we like to pay money for racism. But that's all they've done. They just said, we're not going to publish these anymore. We've realized that these images were harmful and hurtful, and we're no longer going to publish them. It's their right. It's their company. It's their IP. They can do that. And so this outrage that they would do this. In fact, I think at some point somebody poured money. It was maybe the, the government poured money into the Seuss Foundation to get them to change their mind. And they're like. Thanks for the money, but no, we're not doing that. Like we've made this decision. And again, this is a very good thing, but this outrage, this outrage is all for nothing because it's their property and they're doing the right thing. And so we have to look at this idea of, are we going to go back through history 
and section off all of these things that are racist or derogatory or or say things that may trigger someone. Yeah, we should. That's exactly what we should be doing. Um, I had a chance to talk with a librarian about this topic and they were really sort of torn because libraries don't want to ever ban a book. They don't want to, they don't want to give someone, not give someone access to something. And we talked and, and what they're looking at doing is taking the book off the shelf, right? Cause they had um, two or three of the books, taking the books off the shelf out of the children's section, right? So now we've removed it from children, right? Books that have derogatory and racist images are not accessible to children. All right, that's good. They've put it in the reference section, so it's still available. So if you want to check this book out for research or to show your child racist images, you have the ability to do so, but it's in the reference section. It's also not leaving the library, though. So they've controlled access to it, but you still have access to it. It's not being banned. It's not taken away for anyone out to see. And so that's a viable solution. If the person who owns the product says that the product is flawed, but you as the vendor, as we'll call the library, are the person who gives access to the product, well, then you just adjust your access. Make it so it's still available to people. Because again, the Seuss Foundation didn't ask for all the copies to be destroyed. They just said they're not making anymore. So as a library... They decided to pull them. They're in the reference section. They're still available. And they're discussing maybe putting a sticker on the outside as a warning. Just as Disney has started to do with some of its old films, they haven't pulled them from the Disney uh, from Disney Plus, but they do have a warning at the beginning of them. The same thing that we do with CDs, right? We put a parental warning sticker on CDs, which has its own terrible racist history for another show. But we do the exact same thing, right? We put explicit lyric warning on CDs to warn you that the CD you're about to purchase has explicit content. Well, what's wrong with putting a warning on a book, a book that was meant for children now? Now, I'm not saying you need to do this to every book in the library, but this book was meant for children. Saying that this book has material that may, in fact, cause harm to those who are reading it. Right. So if there are books that are racist in the library, what's wrong with doing that? They're still available. You still have access to them. But there's a transactional move that was made. We're going to do something about it. All right. And so these are the things that need to be happening going forward. And if we go back to the story about Little Black Sambo. That book has a long, vaunted, long history, but it proves why we need to make accountability a thing in the 60s and 70s there was a restaurant that opened called sambos and a lot of the artwork in the restaurant was the artwork from the book so imagine going to eat at a restaurant sitting down and seeing these picanini racist depictions of black people The restaurant was built on the idea of this book. So because we don't check it, this is what happens. The restaurant went under for the record. People protested. They called it a racist, racist restaurant, all these different things. They tried changing names. They tried changing some of the interior artwork, but the damage was already done. Right. Eventually, they were checked and held accountable. 
And that's why we have to do these things. We have to do them publicly and we have to let people see that we're actually working towards change by educating people as to the fact that these things are wrong, that accountability leads to education. An example of how this doesn't, how things go horribly wrong if we don't continuously, continuously work on changing things. In 2013, there was a football team who was playing a team that was called the Indians, right? So if you've ever seen a high school football game, they, they have these big banners that the kid, the football team will run through, right? Well, this team, the, the non-Indian team, um, had a banner that said, prepare to leave on a second trail of tears because the opposing school's name was Indian. Do you see the problem? Like this is what we're talking about when it comes to accountability. So when it comes to going back and saying, you know what, we should probably change things. This is why we need to change things. Ignoring the fact that someone at the school did not see this humongous sign and go, probably not a good idea. It wouldn't have happened if we didn't have schools called the Indians, right? And we won't get into the Redskins and and Chief Wahoo from the Indi- the the Cleveland Indians and all those things. But this is why those things can't happen because if we have an uneducated populace who is ignorant and non compassion has no compassion to these other groups, you have things like this happen. In a personal story, the first time that I was called the N word was in kindergarten, and little kid. In, in class, I'm assuming we were friends because we were playing together, uh, leans over and tells me that you're a N-word. Oh, I am? All right. No clue, right? I'm in kindergarten. I have no clue. So I go home that evening and I tell my mother, hey, did you know that I am a N-word? I still remember the look on her face. Um, and it was one of those things that for her was terrifying. Who says this? To a child. What was another child? Well, kids don't come out the womb saying things like that. So he must have heard it from his parents. Come to find out this kid's mom worked with my mom and it was the kid's dad. But this is the thing, right? The things that we teach children leave the house at some point. So if your child is growing up reading Little Black Sambo or looking at these images that are popping up from Dr. Seuss or whoever, I mean, go watch uh, Google um, Bamboozled Ending from Spike Lee film and you'll find this, this, I think it's two or three minutes long, it's this clip of all these images of black people, whether it's cartoons or print or black actors playing in these roles of how we used to view black people, right? If these are the things you're feeding your children, feeding your children, allowing them to consume, these are the things they're going to grow up to believe to be true. And that's a problem. And so we have to continue to work, to have brands and companies and people who own art that have a racist history comb through their IPs and start making these changes. And hopefully they'll do it on their own. What Seuss Enterprise did in doing it on their own, hopefully that's what we have going forward. They can sunset some of the artwork or some of the projects that they have and or at a warning 
or they could just stop releasing it as well. Whatever they do, it's progress. That's the kind of progress and accountability we need. No one's canceling anything, but we're saying, you know what? It's 2021. It's time that we start moving forward by letting go of these negative, racist, and derogatory images. Whether it has to do, again, with racism, whether it has to do with sexism, whether it's homophobic, whatever it may be, we have got to start cutting ties with these images so that we as a culture can move forward. Because if we don't, we will continue to have people use these phrases and these images and these artwork, and you'll see these things and go, how did that get through the boardroom? How did no one think this was wrong? Well, it's because we're not making people accountable for the things that they're doing. And again, it has to be a transactional move. I don't want to hear about another panel discussion on how art should be viewed. No, no, no. make a change. Do something actual. All right. The last thing I want to say is that. After all of that, after this entire podcast, after all the fervor and fervor and everything that people are going through, this is a non-issue for the record because companies should be doing this. This isn't breaking news. If a company decides on their own, they want to change their brand. They're allowed to. They are allowed to. It is their brand. Again, no one forced Seuss to do this. No one forced Potato Head to rename the company Potato Head. And guess what? The male Potato Head is still called Mr. Potato Head and the female is still called Mrs. Potato Head. They just named the company Potato Head now. That's it. But it's not a big story. But we are at a point where progress is happening. And because progress is happening, any form of change is looked at as an attack on the culture. Well, some cultures, right? We want to hold people accountable. We want people to make changes. We want people to be thinking compassionately moving forward. And so change is happening. But rather than worry about things that are actually affecting us day to day, worrying about the economy, worrying about the planet, worrying about people starving and hungry, we want to get upset because Dr. Seuss, Seuss Enterprises decided we're not going to print racist artwork. Like, really? That's where you choose to place your anger. And again, we live in a world of 24 hour news cycles. And so the news media runs stories all the time. And on face on Facebook and Twitter or whatever, whenever you see this, there's that comment section and people blow up these stories. This is a small story. At the end of the day, a company decided there's some racist things in our past and we're going to do something about it. End of story. Applaud them and move on. That's it. Thanks for listening. Systemic is a production of Park Multimedia. Thank you for taking the time to listen and remember, to solve any problem, you have to first acknowledge that it exists. Mm-hmm.